Welcome back to the Knit British Podcast, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre and knitting. On this journey, meeting all of the people involved from sheep to skein, I am your host, Louise Scully. Knit British, love local wool. Knit British is proud to be sponsored by our woolly mucker, Barb Mercer. Barb is from Calgary, Alberta. Currently on Barb's Needles, she's got a booster beanie in Jimson and Smith jumper weight. We'll hear a little bit more from Barb later in the show. But thank you so much, Barb, for sponsoring this episode. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of our podcast. It is lovely to have you here and I hope that you have got a cup or a glass of something uh, to accompany this episode. I have got a cup of hot Ribena or blackcurrant. Other other blackcurrant drinks are available. Yeah, it's that because it's that kind of weather now. Hot Ribena. Actually, it's not actually that time of weather. I usually go for the hot Ribena after the Equinox, but uh, I've got a bit of rumbly tumbly tonight, so hot Ribena it is. Too much information. Uh, but the air has turned. Autumn is nigh. The students are gearing up to return for the first week of teaching. It's Freshers' Week. My thoughts, and I'm sure their thoughts, are on new books and pens. But this time of year, that's that's what I think about. New books, new pens, warm coats, the daily need for wool. Autumn is such a short time of year. It's such a short season, if we get one at all. So I hope you all make the most of, of the very beginnings of autumn and... If it's not autumn where you are, I hope you are having the very best that the seasonal weather has to offer you. Thank you so much for your feedback from the last episode, particularly on the Good Intentions Club. And if this is something that you haven't listened to the last episode, you don't know what it is yet, go on over to the website at knitbritish.net. There is a post all about the Good Intentions Club. But essentially, it is a yarn and pattern club that you already have the yarn and pattern for. I'm so glad that so many of you are up for this. It's wonderful. Uh, I've added my third project into the mix. Um, You might remember that I had chosen Hansel by Gordon Johnson with the Jameson Smith Heritage Worsted Naturals that I had bought for that pattern. And also the Blueface Lester lace weight from, from Blacker is going into my Mahi from Carrie Westerman. And I added Aiken, uh, which is an Andy Sutherland sweater. And that I bought the yarn for at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. The pattern was a very, very kind gift indeed from York Rose on Ravelry. And I knew I wanted um, the right kind of yarn for it and got some West Country tweed from Blacker uh, at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. So that's waiting to be knit as well. So that's going into my Good Intentions Club. You've been chatting in the episode 92 thread on Ravelry uh, about what you're going to knit and that's awesome. And I will open up a quarterly thread every quarter so you can tell us what your Good Intention Club knit is for that quarter and we can keep a little progress report um, going on. Are you going to be methodical? Are you going to be organised? Do you know which pattern you're going to knit each quarter? Or are you going to be a bit random about it? I'd be interested to know. So again, I've got a post on on knitbritish.net with all the information that you need about dates and info, especially if you missed the last episode and don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
very excited for October, January, April and July to see our good intentions become a reality. There are so many awesome clubs out there. There are so many fantastic yarn clubs and yarn and pattern clubs. Um, Please don't stop getting those because those are awesome and they're made by very creative and clever people. But sometimes it's just not the right time of year for me budget-wise. And this is... It's not uh, instead of those, but it's definitely an alternative. And what can be better? Because you've already bought and and got the yarn and you've already got the pattern. Uh, Sunday, the 1st of October, marks the first quarter and I will be prompting you on social media. Uh, Use the hashtag Good Intentions Club and Knit British so we can see what everyone is up to. And thank you all for being so enthusiastic. I'm not sure uh, when I was talking about stash last time, our attitudes to buying wool and how we stash, I'm not sure if at the back of my mind was the knowledge that Clara Park's new book was forthcoming. A stash of one's own, knitters on loving, living with and letting go of yarn is... A book edited by Clara Parks. It's a fantastic collection of 23 essays on the topic of stash, but it goes so much deeper than that. And it's by some really well-known knitters like Lilith Green, who's Old Maiden Aunt, Mason Dixon Knitting are in there, Anna Maltz, Gudrun Johnson, Debbie Stoller, Franklin Habit, uh, Stephanie Pearl McPhee, Susan B. Anderson, Meg Swanson, Clara herself. This is just a mere few of the contributors in this book. Uh, I would dearly, dearly, dearly love to do a woolly jackanory for you right now. And if you're not from the UK, Google BBC jackanory. Uh, It would be fantastic to sit and just read this book aloud (laughs) to you because it's it's brilliant. I I should say, because I work in the bookie world, I got uh, an advance reading copy for my tablet. I devoured it in two sittings. So that's probably a good indication of how what a good book this is. But I can't sit here and read it all out to you. It would be a very long episode and I think there's an issue with copyright there. But uh, I want to throw some of my favourite quotes and, and talk a little bit about some of my favourite essays in this fantastic book. So as Clara Park says in her foreword... Yarn is the reed in which we knitters make music. We too have our rooms filled with tools that can help us carry on our craft. Things with names like swifts and ball winders and DPNs and circular needles and yarn bowls. Collectively, they make up what we call our stash. The specific tools may vary, but the room will always have yarn. Yarn is essential to us, as paint is to the artist, flour to the baker, soil to the gardener. We can improvise on most of the tools, tying string into a stitch marker, sanding down a bamboo chopstick in a pinch, but without yarn, our hands are idle. As many kinds of yarn exist as there are people on earth, each has a distinct structure and texture and behaviour and ideal use. With so many options and so many directions dictated by each choice, we require a healthy supply of materials in order to do our work. We all have this craft, we're all tied with sticks and string, and we all use the same or very similar source material. 
but our stashing habits can vary. And I've talked a lot about this on the podcast and the different words that we can use to describe our stash and we can describe ourselves with different words for different purchases. The devil may care by the meaningful stash, the soulful stash, as as Sarah from Fibertrek would say. And it's not only how we stash, but it's our attitudes to stashing. And even the word stash comes up in this book and the connotations of it therein. Leela Nargi's piece, Stashers, Who the Heck Are We?, is a particularly adroit study of the statistics of stashers on Ravelry and how we stash if we stash on Ravelry. Did you know 537,000 skeins of blue yarn are stashed on Ravelry? Isn't that incredible? And all of the entire stash skeins on Ravelry weigh 8.4 million pounds. (laughs) There are chapters here on the topic of work stash versus personal stash and many of the contributors trying to find a balance therein. And there's much talk of special skeins and ones that hold memories of people, of places, of connections. These essays really resonated with me uh, and my stash is representative of, of a lot of those feelings. There's also really beautiful but bittersweet writing about, about stash and how that special stash can bring sadness and can be bittersweet. Um, so we have Franklin Habit and Amy Herzog touches on, on these ideas too and, and so does Amy Christopher's. Stash can be an emotional thing as much as our stitches in whatever we make have value and meaning. So does the yarn, you know, and it can be connected to people in ways that we might not think about when we when we buy that yarn or we were given that yarn. One essay that I really enjoyed was uh, Mark of the Hand, Mark on the Heart by Kim McBrien Evans uh, who talks about the importance of her stash and she says I do have a stash, an important one, because it doesn't represent the pressure of unrealised projects or impending gifts important because it never mattered how much space it takes up even when my space was a 450 square foot city apartment I don't care how quickly I use up how long that hand dyed skein of Corridale from that farm in Nova Scotia has lived in it or whether I ever use it at all my stash has no deadlines and no expectations just memories and history I simply care about the people and places it represents I've heard people talk about a museum of yarn in in a joking way, in a in a sort of uh, derisory way, uh, almost that oh, I have so much yarn, I could put it in a museum. But actually, when you think about some of the pieces that you have in your museum of yarn, they all tell a story. They're all incredible artifacts maybe not to anyone else, but they are to you. And you've archived them. And there are a great many of us who have stashed that we will never knit. There are yarns that people have given me that I have been hand-spun or they've hand-spun and hand-dyed and I will never be in a hurry to knit that until the right pattern comes along because that is an incredibly special thing that I take out and savour. So Kim McBrien-Evans piece really resonated with me and she goes on to write each maker leaves a mark through his or her work 
Pick up a handmade object and you can read its maker's stories with your fingers. Makers of all kinds don't just make things. They infuse objects with their state of mind and mood, with their experience and skill. Yarn is no different, whether it is hand-spun or hand-dyed. Once the maker's hand has touched the yarn, it's no longer just yarn. It is infused with everything that maker does and is. My stash overflows with these kinds of skeins. How beautiful is that? Absolutely fantastic. There, There is more. There is, there is much more. There is a great, uh, really helpful piece by Sue Shankle called Fear Not, which tackles issues with stash overwhelming and causing anxiety. And there are some fantastic tips from her on dealing with this. And as well as the heartfelt and the thought-provoking, uh, there's the hilarious. Anne Shane's life-changing magic of keeping it all is hilarious. Of course it sparks joy. It's yarn. <laughs> this is is really a lovely, lovely book. And I feel I should just repeat what I said on Instagram the other day, actually, because it's as good a nutshell uh, as any. Dear nitty crafty woolly peeps, do I need to tell you how special a new Clara Parks book is? Well, yeah, because this is a really super special anthology of essays that, if you are anything like me, it will have you laughing, weeping and nodding your head along with the essayists. I very intensely feel the varying textures and characteristics of their stashes and everything else twisted into those skeins. Life, death, feminism, body image, the passage of time and even Marie Kondo gets a look in. It's a glorious book. I know that you will dip in between the pages as often as you dip in and out of your special stash. I want to thank NetGalley for giving me the opportunity to review this book. Uh, it's now out in hardback. It costs £16.99. It's published by Abrams. At the time of recording, some people seem to be having a little trouble getting hold of it. Apparently, bad old Amazon don't have any. Uh, but I believe that you can order it from blackwells.co.uk and you can order it from watersons.com. See if your local bookshop can get it in. But if you can get your hands on it, I thoroughly recommend you just join these ladies and gentlemen and dive headlong into their stashes. So it's Shetland Wool Week. Well, it's almost Shetland Wool Week. And if you're listening to this on your way to Shetland or you're listening to this in Shetland, happy Shetland Wool Week. Um, If you're sitting at home wishing you were in Shetland and you're knitting a boosty beanie or getting in the spirit, happy Shetland Wool Week to you too. Um, I have two things, actually three things, that I really want to tell you if you're going to Shetland. The Shetland Wool Week annual is available to pre-order. And you can find information at the Shetland Wool Week website about that. Looks incredible. I've only just seen a few things on um, Instagram today, but 
Ella Gordon's mittens with the Tree of Life on them look incredible. There's a stole that Donna Smith has designed, lace stole in, uh, I believe, a Romney wool. looks amazing. And it just it just looks awesome. I'm sure that's going to be fantastic. I have pre-ordered mine. There are a couple of other things I want to make you aware of. I'm sure you already know about. Um, I don't have enough time for this ep- episode to go into a normal review for both of them. I am absolutely struggling at the moment to review all the things. Um, I just have a bit of a a time issue at the moment with with getting things reviewed but what I will do is give you a rundown of these things and I will make a promise to you that I will go into these in more detail soon. Firstly Hazel Tyndall and Elizabeth Johnson have recently launched a DVD 50 Tips for Shetland Knitters. This is really uh, an essential piece of kit for every knitter I think and every knitter should have one. It's a double DVD Three and a half hours. Uh, you can also buy a digital download. It covers so much uh, from cast-ons to edge stitches to various increases, decreases, grafting, changing colours, colour dominance, fixing mistakes, weaving and ends, blocking. Everyone will find something of use and continued use uh, in this DVD. I've only watched a little bit of it. Uh, in fact, uh, when it arrived... I said to my husband, oh, look, it's Hazel and Elizabeth's DVD. Isn't this wonderful? And uh, (laughs) I went out of the room and came back and the lovely fellow had put the DVD on. He was watching it. (laughs) Hazel and Elizabeth are just brilliant hosts. They really are. Again, I'm going to go into this in much more detail, but if if you've ever had the pleasure of meeting either of them, or taking a class with them, or you've seen them at Shetland Wool Week, or maybe Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Both fantastic women, both a good laugh, both incredibly talented, uh, and very, very knowledgeable about Shetland knitting. And together, they're just a force to be reckoned with. I reckon they should have their own podcast. It would be awesome. Like I say, full review coming on the blog soon. But I think this does have an important place in every knitter's arsenal. It costs £25 for the DVD. As I said, there's download also available via Vimeo if that's your preferred viewing method. Information is at hazeltindall.com. Online stockists include the Shetland Museum, Shetland Times Bookshop. I'm sure they will be on sale throughout Shetland Wool Week at all of those places as well, and they're bricks and mortar places, uh, but I imagine that it will sell fast. I felt so very at home watching this DVD and listening to those Shetland voices and feeling like I was taking a masterclass with Hazel and Elizabeth, and I think that feeling of, of taking a masterclass with them, it, it's worth it, the DVD alone, honestly. Um, thank you so much to Hazel and Elizabeth for sending me that DVD, and I will be reviewing that on the blog soon something else that you will be hearing more about on Knit British soon but I promised you a a wee peep at this it's Donna Smith's Lang Sound this is Donna's new yarn venture and a peep is all you can get at the moment because I've just not had time to cast on with it and I really don't want to give you a full review without having knit something in this because it's awesome <laughs> I overuse the word awesome but like this is in the traditional sense of the word awesome 
It's full of awe. Lang Sund is 100% Shetland wool. It's double knit. The wool entirely comes from Shetland flocks on Burra Isle, where Donna is from, and it's been wool and spun at the Natural Fibre Company. Uh, but Donna sorted the fleeces herself, and the sheep, the fleece come from her dad's sheep, which live on the croft that she lives on, and from her neighbours' flocks as well. There are four natural shades a natural white and then the coloured fleece which has been blended with the white so there's incredible fawns and greys oh my goodness me Mm. this is special the fact that she's decided to do something with her own wool uh, is is brilliant and I always applaud that in in everybody Um, creating wool is a is a bit of a life-changing experience from what I hear from those who have done it. It's an eye-opening thing. But I am just so pleased for this new adventure that Donna is going on. But this wool, when you feel it, I've got a skein here. It's so very connected to place, to land, to the sheep. And I feel that quite keenly. And I know... It's mainly because it's Shetland wool for Shetland uh, from a place that I know well and from a person I know well. And um, yes, I feel that quite keenly. I love Shetland wool. There's absolutely no one denying that. I'm absolutely biased about it. And I think this is going to knit up just stunningly. In fact, I've seen something knit up because... One of our lovely listeners, um, Shona Mason, uh, was in Shetland and Donna had given her a skein and she has created an incredible hap design, which I'm so sorry, Shona, I don't have the name in front of me, uh, but I'll put it in the show notes. I don't think it's released yet, but my goodness me, it's it knits up beautifully. Uh, Donna is also releasing three patterns soon in Langsund as well. So I will be bringing you a full review of Lang Sound soon and please do look out for it at Shetland Wool Week because Donna is launching this incredible yarn at the Maker's Market uh, which is on the 30th of September at Islesborough Community Centre and it's always great. You should always go to the Maker's Market if you're at Shetland Wool Week because there are always fantastic things but this is so exciting so exciting and if there is any left after the maker's market and I know you guys are all going to be headed there with your itchy grabby nitty hands I know you are um but if there's any left it will be going up on her website at www.donnasmithdesigns.co.uk soon thereafter Shetland Wool Week if you haven't joined Donna's mailing list at donnasmithdesigns.co.uk you should, and you should read her blog, and especially her blog about Langsund and the wool and the process that she's gone through. It's really interesting, and she's got some brilliant photos and maybe a little sneaky peeky at a little design work in there as well. I feel, I feel all the feels about this wool. I feel all the feels. Well done, Donna, so much. And thank you for sending me some of your Langsund. And there will be more on Langsund on Knit British very soon. (laughs) 
Our woolly mucker for this episode is Barb Mercer, and Barb is in Calgary, in Alberta, Canada. Uh, and Barb has has written in with her uh, woolly mucker questionnaire answers. It's I always said uh, that it was never mandatory uh, that you had to come on the show uh, and to talk to me via Skype. But Barb was very happy to to write in, talk to us about the first thing that she can remember knitting and the last thing she cast off. And also what, if any yarn and any pattern not necessarily used together, would you recommend for others to use? Uh, so she says, hi, my name is Barb Mercer and I'm a knitter from Calgary in the province of Alberta, Canada, located in the western part of Canada, just east of the Rocky Mountains. I don't remember not knowing how to knit. I have no memory of learning and my mother has no recollection of teaching me. The best I can figure out, I learned at about the age of five in the mid-70s. My father's aunt and uncle had a cottage in northern Ontario and that was quite remote. You had to get to it by boat in the summer and snowmobile in the winter. We used to visit there quite a bit when my sister and I were small and I think my great aunt taught me to knit on one of those visits. I also learned to sew on a treadle sewing machine there since the cottage had no electricity. First thing I remember knitting were dolls' clothes, somewhat freeform, and the last thing I cast off was a knitted skirt, uh, an Anne bud pattern. When I asked about wool, this is what Barb had to say, the wool that I would pass along is my most locally commercially available wool, Custom Woolen Mills. They are located about an hour drive north of me in south central Alberta, Canada, and they produce wool on antique machinery. Their wool is not generally breed specific, but their bulky wool is advertised as a Dorset type, and their two and three ply is advertised as a Rambouillet type wool. It has a light airy feel, a lovely sheepy smell, and it blooms beautifully. To compare it to yarn uh, that most people would be familiar with, it reminds me a lot of Brooklyn Tweed Shelter. Oh, that is lovely. When I asked about pattern as well, because the question is which yarn and which pattern would you like to pass along, um, then... Barb says, an underappreciated pattern collection that I believe should be more popular is the Semi-Precious Collection by Maria Nasland. And I will put a picture and link to this in the show notes, as well as a link to Barb's Custom Woolen Mills yarn as well. And she says, I knit the Morion as a gift for my mother-in-law. And this is an incredible shawl, really beautiful silk shawl with um, a beautiful lace edging. And she says uh, that she's knitting the Jasp shawl right now. Um, It's on her needles and that's another fantastic lace shawl. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can see it. But the patterns and the uh, e-book is on Ravelry right now for you to go go and have a look at. Of course, I asked Barb what else was on her needles um, because it's always nice to know what our muckers are knitting, isn't it? She said, currently on my needles is a Boosta Beanie in GNS jumper weight. I recently took a colourwork 
class to learn the traditional method of the Salish knitting. That's the iconic thick wool uh, sweaters of the uh, Canadian's West Coast Indigenous people, which I've spoken about in the podcast before, I think. And she says, I wanted to see if that method of two-colour knitting translated well into thinner yarn. And these are very, very iconic sweaters indeed, a very striking colour work. And she says it's working beautifully. Thank you so much, Barb. Thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast. I can't believe that somebody in Canada wants to do that. Um, You know, I sit here every week and I talk about what I'm knitting. And I, if nobody listened, I would still probably talk about wool and knitting and encourage the empty space to try and knit local. It's always so fantastic to hear of people all around the world listening to the podcast and it's lovely to imagine you there in Calgary uh, knitting with your custom woolen mills yarn and listening to the Knit British podcast that's fantastic and thank you so much for your support it means such a lot So I was so excited to get a review copy of A Year of Techniques from Arnold Culliford Knitwear through the door last week. And I'm sure you've all been aware of this. This has been a wonderful monthly piecework of patterns featuring incredibly useful techniques. I mean, when I talked earlier about Hazel and Elizabeth's DVD and um, skills for your arsenal, this is another such... Uh, example of this essential piece of kit that you need in your knitting library. These techniques are explored through designs by some incredibly talented people. Half of the patterns have been released already and if you have been a member of the club you will have been getting them uh, month by month dropping into your inbox and in your Ravelry library. There have been cals as well. Now the book has been released with all 12 patterns for the year and my goodness the patterns are incredible. Since spring we've had techniques on helical stripes in Tarja, that was Bristol Ivy's incredible shawl. We've had pinhole cast on and that was put to good use in The Sweet Alex Mouse by Ella Austin. There's been knit on edging, there's been heels, Um, those are the Antirinum socks by Rachel Coopy which I have cast on in Brit Sock and need to finish. Tin Can Knits uh, produce a fantastic blanket uh, called Little Turn that has provisional cast on. And now in autumn and winter, we get short row shaping and garter. Uh, we get woolly worm heads, beautiful ruchia hat. We get understanding cable charts and Sarah hat and scarf. Afterthought heels and thumbs in Jim Arnold Culford's helix socks. Dominance in Fair Isle with Ella Gordon's uh, Shayla mittens. And Steaks in Mary Jane Muckleson's fantastic Uric Fest. Um, for the small person in your life. The September project is Martina Bem's Wood Warbler Cowl and it's lovely. And the technique is garter grafting. And this design, 
as they all are, are just so beautiful, very cast ornable indeed. And I already have a yarn in mind to cast this on with. I just need to find another one to go with it. The book is really beautifully presented. There is a great introduction and foreword from Mason Dixon Knitting, Kay Gardner and Anne Shane, who have been providing video techniques throughout the year of techniques. Each technique is expertly laid out ahead of each design with really clear photos and I especially love that everything is explained in very clear language. Uh, with easy language, great pictures, clear instructions... It could be simpler to learn these techniques. It really couldn't. If there's if there's one of those or techniques, I'm sure there's more than one that you've been struggling with. This is a fantastic resource for you. It really is. Like I said, there's also been a cal each month for each design in the Arnold Colourford group on Ravelry. And each project is quite small and achievable within a month, says Louise, who hasn't finished that interim sock. If you think you know all of the techniques, A Year of Techniques is still a beautiful book of designs from incredible designers. But even if you do think you know all of the techniques, I'm willing to bet there's still something that this book can teach you. Beautiful designs from talented designers, incredible tips and techniques to add to your skills. As the book says, there's always something to learn. A great online community. This is fantastic and it's a beautiful book to hold on to and it's so beautifully laid out. These things mean a lot to me as someone who enjoys books. Um, I also think it's important to have nice paper and fantastic pictures and great print and this ticks all of those boxes. A Year of Techniques costs £20. You can go buy it right now from Arnold Culliford Knitwear at www.acknitwear.co.uk. I am planning to cast on that wood warbler cowl very soon. I am definitely planning on using some Rorscht from Used Wool, that incredible Zwarbles and Cheviot gradient yarn that goes from dark to light and with fantastic greys and fawns. So that's going to be one of my colours. I just need to choose my other yarn. What are you going to cast on? Thank you so much uh, for all your input into the thread in our Ravelry group about what we'll do for 100 episodes. There have been such good suggestions for bunting, including haps, um, but I want this to be something that we have a pattern for and um, there isn't really a pattern for mini haps that is available on Ravelry uh, that's accessible to everyone and I feel like if we winged it, then we'd have haps of all kind of shapes and sizes and it would be a bit too shabby chic. But there is another fantastic bunting that we can knit and it's a free pattern. Uh, the pattern is Sue Stratford's mini Christmas jumper bunting. And can you imagine all these little jumpers in different breeds of British wool, different blends, different dyed British wool? It's going to be incredible. The pattern uses double knit oddments. As I say, it's a free pattern. I'll link to it. It's linked in the Ravelry group, group, but I'll link to it in the show notes. And I think there's a lot of scope for fun with these. Um, at the time of recording, I haven't tested it a bunch yet, but I plan to. So I'll put a picture up in the show notes. Uh, and Shona MCM, Shona Mason again, she came up with a great idea for joining the bunts by sewing a wee button on one sleeve and making a buttonhole on the other. I just love that. Can you imagine all those lovely little jumpers buttoned up together? 
like sleeve by sleeve, like they're holding hands. I love it. But I'm going to test it out for you. But you can you can have a go yourself if you like. I'll open up a bunting thread, bunting thread, uh, in the Ravelry group. But as, if you're so inclined to knit a jumper a bunt, this is what you need to do. Make a project on Ravelry for it uh, so we can see uh, and uh, we can have a record uh, of your bunting and the wool you used. Remember to say what wool it is. If it's oddments and you're not sure, but you know it's British, that's okay too. But you know, try and note down the different um, wool that you use and be specific. Be as creative as you like with your wee jumper. There are charts on the pattern, so you can try making a making your own chart if you want. You can use dyed or natural British breed or blended wool. I do ask if you, we can all try and achieve the same size that the pattern states so that the bunts are all roughly the same size. But here is the biggest and really only rule. Please make no more than two jumper bunts. Because if everyone who's expressed a wish in, in, in making bunting makes one or two, we will have plenty. When I, know how, I know how addictive bunting can be. I remember I told you about the Shetland uh, library bunting. We need to be restrictive and we need to say one or two because we need to think of postage and things like that as well. And one or two little jumper bunts will fit in a large envelope and will go in, in the normal letter post. So that's plenty. Please, please don't go in a bunting bent. Um, <laughs> one or two bunts will be incredible but I'll have to test it out there'll be more information but feel free to give it a go yourself um, I think it's lovely and can you imagine seeing all those British wool bunts up at uh, Edinburgh uh, up at Edinburgh Yarn Festival in the podcast lounge that'll be so cute uh, also I'm planning a get together in Edinburgh on Saturday the 13th of January I'm currently looking at a couple of informal venues and let me say, this will be informal and it will be fun. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm I'm quite keen to say that it's going to be informal and, you know, modest. Somebody said, if places sell out, will there be a waiting list? I'm not Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It's not a huge event. Uh, it's, this is something that I am planning in my spare time. Um, and it will be eating, chatting, drinking and knitting and maybe a few fun and games but um, I really want to keep it as fun and informal as possible and also really keep costs down because I know some of you are coming from out with Edinburgh and you will have travel costs and accommodation costs of your own so I want to keep the costs down so I've I've made a wee form and it's in the show notes and it's over in the Ravelry group to get an idea of numbers and costs so what I'd like you to do is if you know that you're coming that you want to come to Edinburgh for this uh, uh, get together then go over there and um fill in the few details that there are there as I've said uh, I I aim to keep costs low but I've given a little indication of you know you can give me a little indication of of how much you're willing to spend on the day so I want to keep I, I kind of want to be somewhere that we can spend the day have brunch have lots of tea and coffee and other drinks on tap and as I say space for maybe a few fun and games too so if you can come to Edinburgh on Saturday 13th of January and you want to join us, then please fill that form in it would be so super helpful and what I'm going to do is once 
I've finalized the details and I know the costs, I know how many people are coming and I know the costs, then I will send everyone who has filled that form in an email and they will get first refusal to book a book a spot. Uh, then if you've changed your mind or you can't come, I'll open it up to the Ravelry group. So this really is the form to fill in if you're if you're planning to come to to that. Please don't leave it to chance. Uh, and as I say, places may be limited. It's a good thing to fill that form in just now. Once again, thank you so much for being enthusiastic about this and, and you know, looking forward to 100 episodes with me and celebrating the podiversity with me. Uh, and for those of you who can't come to Edinburgh, and I know there are lots of you who can't come to Edinburgh, I know that there are lots of you who are planning to come to Edinburgh Yarnfest and can't come in January. For this, I am sorry, trying to think of ways to keep you involved as well, like with a webcam or something like that, or uh, kind of a social media knit or something like that. That's just the way things are sometimes. Sometimes there's disappointment when others are enjoying themselves. I've been on the receiving end of that. I know what it's like. I hope you can still find some way to grab a drink, grab a whip and enjoy it with us. That is everything for this episode. My goodness me, I feel like I've just rattled through that. I want to say thanks again to everyone who has passed on good wishes for my new job and told me that you're happy for those of you who've told me you're happy that the podcast is still going to be broadcasting even if it's just once a month uh, from the new year I really am trying to fit quite a lot in to keep up the two episodes until the end of the year but I feel like I one I have to because we'll not get to 100 episodes in January if I start doing one a month now Please bear with me. I know I've said that, that there are things that I'm going to review. I know that I've said there are things I'm going to bring to you. It's just a little bit of a juggling act right now. If I can tell you that um, every morning this week from Monday to Thursday, I have left the house half an hour early to sit in a cafe and write and plan this episode and then come home in the evening to record and to do more blog posts and things. It gives you kind of a, a little bit of an understanding of what goes into the 45 minutes to an hour that you listen to. Um, there's a wee bit more that goes into that and there's maybe the same amount of time in editing Um, so in some ways I'm I suppose I'm apologizing because I I feel that I've rushed through this episode but in other ways I'm saying you know please be a little bit patient with me in this kind of transition period anyway until the next episode which is uh, around about the 6th of October where we will meet Sue, our woolly mucker, another Sue who's a woolly mucker, um, and she is uh, in America, another far-flung one. So until then, take very good care, enjoy this turn in the air, and speak soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lyra. Good night, Take care of that throat. You're a big singing star now, remember? This California dude is just a little heavier than usual tonight. Really? From where I stand, the sun is shining all over the place. 